Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, and welcome back to the Become Fire podcast. Yay! <laughs> Cheers from the, the, the imaginary crowd. The peanut gallery. <laughs> to Brother Elijah DeLello, your, your host for this wonderful, wonderful episode. There's something in the air, fathers. So, something magical is in the air. <laughs> you know it's in the air. There's something Christmas in the air. Christmas is coming, the goose is getting fat. Yes. <laughs> I don't know that song. <laughs> now, Harry Belafonte, greatest Christmas album of all time. There's my question already answered before we even get started. Well, even we don't even have very to debatable the episode point. anymore. Harry very debatable point. Christmas album. Very debatable it. point. So Advent is, is upon us. Indeed, uh, Christmas is. Is, is coming. Um, probably much quicker than we, we all are, are prepared for or ready yes. for. But that's what we're here for. That's why we've come together today. That's right. Because we want to prepare the unprepared. Mm. Yeah, isn't that the best thing about the church? She's like, hey, wake up, Christmas is <laughs> it's almost here. Like, you come in on Sunday, you're like, man, I'm just coming over to Thanksgiving. Like, what's going on? You see the purple, you're like, oh, boy. It's like, happening. No glory, like, it's happening. Well, I yep. got to get myself all prepped for Christmas. Well, you give you four weeks to ease into it. Yeah, we'll yeah, give you a nice yeah, little on-ramp. Exactly. It's, it, that's the nice thing about the church, though. She's not like, oh, it's Christmas tomorrow. Yeah. It's just like, hey, you got a little time. It's, pre- it's prep time. It's prep time. Although, if you listen to the radio, it was probably Christmas last week. Uh, <laughs> oh, probably before that. Yeah. Christmas, that. Christmas music coming on strong. Yes, depending on depending on what house you're in, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, fathers, but I often feel that when Advent hits, I usually make some kind of resolution as to how I'm going mm. to prepare for, for Christmas. And mm-hmm. then the next thing I know, Christmas comes, and I feel like I didn't do a single thing to prepare for it. <laughs> So that's what we're we're going to try. Hopefully, you've decorated a tree and yes, yes. But I'm talking about my interior tree, Mm, Father. Your interior tree. I'm talking about my interior lights and ornaments. Mm, That's a beautiful image. Talking about good image. My interior home alone. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I was drifting with you until you went there, but okay. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, preparing. Yes. You know, I don't want the, the robbers to come in. I don't catch you unprepared. So we'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll go somewhere else. We'll yeah. go somewhere else. It sounded <laughs> like better it. in my in my mind. I like it. But we're going to talk about Advent. We're going to talk about the spirituality of mm. Advent, um, the ways in which we can enter into this this wonderful season. Um, certainly, one of my favorite seasons of the year, as Christmas is yeah, one of my man. favorite holidays that we celebrate uh, in the church as a as a church family. Uh, but in order to do that, let's let's go to scripture. Uh, and let's let's talk a little bit about uh, just kind of um, two figures in particular today. Um, and, and although these figures don't come in until after the birth of Christ and Christmas, um, I think that in a very real way that they kind of imbibe the, mm. the, the spirituality of Advent and um, kind of with Advent, this waiting, this anticipation. Um, and maybe sometimes as, as Catholic Christians, we forget that there were thousands and thousands of 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 you know israelite oh. people that that were awaiting the the coming of the messiah for for yeah. many many years uh, and what that would have been like um but if uh father peter Teresa, so you you have your your scriptures in front of you not all of them this is just the new testament <laughs> so don't ask me any old testament questions <laughs> well, i was going to ask if you if you wouldn't mind just maybe reading that passage um 
that you know Simeon and, and Anna appear in. Sure. Uh, and then maybe if we can just from there we can go in and, and begin to talk about uh, the characters a little bit more. Absolutely. This is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Uh, this is chapter 2, and we'll be reading verses 25, uh, the whole way is up to 38. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. And inspired by the Spirit, he came into the temple. And when his parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is spoken against. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, and thoughts out of many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years from her virginity, and as a widow till she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she gave thanks to God and spoke of him to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Amen. I mean, I think there's very, a couple of things that we could talk about uh, with that scripture, but I think the thing that always strikes me is the way that um, both Zechariah and Anna are able to recognize... Simeon. Or excuse me. Simeon and Anna are able to recognize... Mm. Um, the Lord, when he comes into the temple, or the way that they're able to um, just kind of rejoice and just, mm. you know, imbibe kind of that spirit that, that we're talking about. And so maybe if, if you, Father, could uh, speak a little bit just about what we read here, but um, also this idea of the anticipation. Again, we see Anna fasting and praying, staying within the temple, uh, Zechariah. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I have Zechariah in my head. <laughs> Simeon, also, yeah, also there. <laughs> Simeon, also uh, there within the temple, um, would have been a very holy man, you know, praying and, and, mm. and awaiting the Lord's uh, coming, the, the the coming of the Messiah. Um, so, what is this waiting? You know, how it, how was it? Do you think that they were prepared or were able to receive yeah. the Lord so well? No, you you make an interesting point in how they were able to recognize the Lord. Uh, and that's a really mysterious thing um, because cause just by, by all human appearances that he would have looked like any other child um, and, and Mary and Joseph, perhaps like any other parents. Um, and, and they were able to recognize him. They were prepared to recognize him um, because the Lord had prepared them first and foremost, that the first the Lord had spoken a word to Simeon uh, that he would not depart, that he would not die until he had 
seen the Messiah. Um, so he was, um, he was waiting and believing in faith on this word from God that was spoken to him. Um, and, 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 and it was through faith then that he was able to see and to recognize um, and that. Um, and so with, with Simeon and then with Anna, where, um, where they, they're spending their lives in many ways, just waiting for this moment, waiting for, for Christ to come. Um, and, and they're in the temple um, and, and they're, they're, they're praying and they're fasting and, and, and the Holy Spirit is leading them, that they're, they're living this, this, this life led by the Spirit, that they're open to God. Um, and so I think, that is, I think that's just a really fundamental disposition to have in our hearts that, um, that this is a mysterious thing, that Christ's coming is, is very, very mysterious. And his first coming was, was just shrouded in, in hiddenness um, and, and his humanity. Um, and that, and that they needed, their hearts needed to be prepared through faith to then recognize, uh, Christ coming. Um, and so that's similar for us where, um, where perhaps, you know, we've done Advent how many times we've done Christmas how many times, and it can become routine and ordinary mundane and, and the mysteries of it, um, can become ordinary or we get caught up in, in, in the beautiful sentimentality that is, that is Christmas. And, and we all love that part of it. Um, but that to really enter into what is happening, um, that we need our hearts um, to be prepared by the Holy Spirit um, to see with the eyes of faith what's really taking place. Um, so what I find so fascinating is Simeon comes from the Hebrew, God has heard, mm. right? We, let's look to the Old Testament is that Simeon in the Old Testament is the second child of Leah. Leah is one of the 12, sorry, one, one of the wives of Jacob, Simeon being one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, and, and Leah is crying out. So again, Jacob, uh, wants to marry Rachel, um, but he's, he's given Leah first and their sisters. And so eventually gets Rachel, got the two wives. He loves Rachel, doesn't love hmm. Leah. He got kind of tricked into marrying her. Um, but Rachel is barren and Leah's having sons, right? And so her second son, she basically is like, God has heard my plea, hmm. like that I've been hated by Rachel. Like even by my own husband, it feels like I kind yeah. of rejected. And yet God has made me fruitful. God is providing sons. And kind of in the sense of God's heard my plea, God's heard my cry, my prayer. Mm. And here we have this, this Simeon character, God has heard, right? Yeah. God is hearing his plea, his cry for Christ. And Brother Elijah, like you said so much, is like, he's waiting for the Messiah. He's waiting for the Christ. And, and he's pleading God. I mean, can you imagine? They've, they've been conquered you know, by the Greeks. They've been conquered by the Romans. They're, in a, they're oppressed. Um, it's, it's this... There's really difficult time in the people in the history of the people of Israel. The, the Romans have actually built a um, a fortress on the Temple Mount for their soldiers, which was just you know profaning you yeah. know this holy ground. Yeah. And uh, and so there's this there's these great struggles, this great cry in the midst of it. The people are crying out for the Messiah, they're crying out for the Savior to come. And and the Lord reveals to Simeon, you know, in response to his cry, his plea, I want to see the Messiah. I want to hear. And, 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 and how, how fitting God, you know, he doesn't name himself, his parents name him. Yeah. But fitting the name of this person who is brought up is God has heard, right? That God has heard the cry of all of his people, the cry of his people for a Messiah, the cry of his people for the Savior of the world. And here, um, this figure of all of Israel shows up. And then and, and, and the Lord has said, God, you're going to see the Christ. Just like he's been prophesying to the, the prophets through the prophets, yeah. Israel, you're going to yeah. have a savior. The savior is going to come. You're going to see a savior. And all of a sudden, here he is. And Simeon, on behalf of all the people crying out, well, I've, I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. And 
And I think for us, uh, kind of getting back to what Father Peter was saying, I went around to get to back to you. <laughs> Please, the, the, yeah, his, was... the ch- this is the church. You know, there's yeah. this just like like Simeon's kind of standing on behalf of Israel. God hears, God please, that that on behalf of the church, each of us is crying out, like, we have a savior now to the whole world. Like the Christ has come. Our sins have been forgiven. Like life has changed. Life the world is forever changed because God became incarnate. God became a man. And we're preparing for that throughout the Advent season. So the spirituality of Simeon is the spirituality we all must have in this Advent season, crying out. You know, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. Yes. You've come once. We want you to come again. This tension. I'm kind of going too fast forward. I'm, I'm, I'm on. I'm zipping ahead to the next topic. But, but, but I just this beautiful cry of of God's heard our plea. God's heard our cry for a savior. I think that's that's really wonderful. That's really awesome. That Simeon. I didn't know that. That's what Simeon's name meant. And that um, I think that is really, really good and important for us. Um, just in our our day and age, our society and our culture, where. Um, where we're not used to waiting. Uh, we're not used to having to cry out for things that perhaps we need or that we want. Uh, we live with so many conveniences. Um, or, or there's, so there's that aspect of it. And, and then there also might be just the, the bruised and the battered heart that maybe has cried out to God for something um, and has not felt heard. Um, God, you have not answered my prayer. Um, and so I don't want to hope for good things um, and that I don't believe that God hears. Um, and Simeon is this man who, I don't know if the scriptures tell us how, how old he is, um, but, but he's in his old age and he has this word spoken of that, that he will see the Messiah um, and, and that he just waited for that and waited for that, and waited for that, and was crying out, and crying out, and crying out, like all of God's people, um, and seemingly not having God answer that prayer. Um, And that can be a really, really painful thing to have to endure. Um, And then then Simeon comes to us, and this Advent season comes to us, um, and tells us that, um, that it's okay to hope, that it's good to hope, that we need to hope, we need to keep hope alive, that that God is good, that God is coming. Um, and so um, I just think that's really beautiful what his name means and what that, what that says to us and, and how we should tap into that crying out during this season as well and this longing and expectation. In case anybody was wondering, uh, Leah means blind cow. <laughs> <laughs> that is excellent. Yes, and, and Rachel, you lamb. So. Mm. Wanted to marry the the ewe lamb, but ended up marrying the blind cow. That's a, that's a rough deal. Yeah, what happens? <laughs> but um, I I wonder also in the midst of that, you know, we're we're talking uh, about where did you get that? Because I have Leah means gazelle. That was that was well, I I got that from a, my scripture class from from interesting. Yeah, that whatever you're holding in your hand is is totally wrong. <laughs> it probably. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, it, it does say Leah's eyes were weak. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that her name would have to do with with weak eyes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder who. Wrote I'll that. trust your I'll trust your scripture professor. Yeah. We won't we won't put him on the spot right I now. Won't. But I, I won't. Yeah. But he, let's just say he's a man of renown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take his word for it. Um. So with with the, some of the ideas that you're talking about, you know, this idea of waiting and anticipation. Um, that oftentimes in waiting, 
there's a sense of we can't do anything. Mm. You know, there's a sense of we have to release control um, and even kind of a sense of silence. Um, and so, you know, even just the way I think that the scripture describes, especially Anna, mm-hmm. you know, um, as someone who's a prophetess. And if we think about the Old Testament prophets, that they were people who were, they lived ascetical lives, you know, often sometimes off alone um, in, in, in prayer and in fasting, you know, kind of radical lifestyles, but all so that they can kind of direct all their attention to, to when the Lord would want to speak to them, so that they would be respe- receptive to mm-hmm. when the Lord would speak to them. Uh, and so I'm wondering, you know, um, how can we kind of tie in, um, you know, our, our need to kind of listen, our need to kind of be, be more, more quiet, maybe more silent, um, what is it that we can do during this Advent season to kind of position ourselves the way that someone like Simeon, not Zechariah, uh, Simeon and Anna were able to do that in, in these scriptures to hear and to receive the word of the Lord so that on that day when, when, when Christmas comes, we can, we can be ready to receive with, with a proper and a, and a sober and a holy joy, you know, the, the, again, the, the coming of our Lord. Well, I'd like to go to the Nunc Dimittis. That's the name of this, mm, this yes. cry that Simeon gives to respond to your, your question. Because he says, Lord, now you, let your ser- you may let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. That, that, that Simeon wouldn't stop until the word of the Lord had been fulfilled. If we can put it that way. The Lord, the Lord had spoken something. It's spoken a word that, 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 that Simeon was holding on to. I'm sure day after day he's going into the temple thinking, is this going to be the day? Right. Like, or is it going to even be in the temple? Am I going to see him in the marketplace? Like, do, do, yep. like, what's this? Does he have any more insight? Like, is he going to mm-hmm. come up for dinner someday? I'm like, oh, here's the Messiah, you know? Yep. Like, but, but I'm guessing he, would, he was thinking it was in the temple. That would be the most likely place. And he's in the temple. He's like, I'm going to the temple. And, and there's regular service. So he's not in the temple every single day, right? He has mm-hmm. the regular times of service as a priest. And he's going in. And it's just one of the, like, is this going to be the day? Is this going to be the time? I'm getting old, Lord, you know? Um, but, but he doesn't give up hope. Getting back to what you're saying. Like, holds on to this hope. And, and, and so here, and finally, Jesus comes in, and he recognized the Messiah. How beautiful that is. Because he was prepared, and I think he was prepared to get it back to, how do I know he's prepared? Because he said, now you, now you may let your servant come peace. Your word has been fulfilled. That, that for, for his, whole, his whole life, he said, or as soon as he'd heard from the Lord, you're going to see the Messiah. He said, I'm going to prepare myself for this day. And whatever, and how do we do that? I want, I want to get to that great question. I'm just, that, 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 that he had this attitude of disposition that says, I'm ready. Um, for the Lord, and I'm not going to give up this this fasting, this prayer until it comes. That happens this season, and luckily we know when Christmas comes. Mm-hmm. Like, is there, like we have a limit to when it comes, you know. So it's kind of a little easier. We got our for Jesse us, tree, we're counting you know? down. So, but Simeon, Simeon should be an inspiration because he didn't know when it was coming, and he said, "Every day I want to be ready because I don't know if this is the day. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be drunk the day I meet the Messiah, right? Right. I don't want to be, you know." Like whatever, not in my best character, you know, a little, little bitter, a little, you know, yeah. you know, somebody cut me off, so I'm angry, right? Whatever the the, the disposition of the heart was, because today might be the day I meet the Lord, yeah. and I think that's how we need to come into to Advent. That today might be the day, and, and, and until we get to Christmas, and we get to Christmas and we celebrate. And obviously, this should be an attitude of our whole lives, particularly Advent this time. We say today might be the day that Christ comes again. Today might be the day that Christ comes and encounters my heart. That, that God wants to pour out that grace. You, you, Father Patricia said so beautifully that 
there's these, you know, people who feel like they're without hope, mm-hmm. that God hasn't responded to their prayers. Well, I've, I mean, getting back to what you said, today might be the day. Yeah. Like today, that you're listening to this podcast might be the day that God responds to those prayers you've been beseeching him for, yeah. for years. That the tears have, have piled up, they've been seen in heaven, and today's the day. And you need to be ready. Because yeah. you don't want to be today be the day, and I'm, I'm binging on Netflix, right? Today's mm-hmm. going to be the day, but... You know, I'm I'm out of it, whatever one way or another, or I'm distracted, not paying attention to what God wants me to do or where he wants me to be, because today might be the day. And, and that's Simeon's disposition. And so I think just first, kind of the meta overall, we have to have this attitude that says, today might be the day. Yeah. And I want to prepare myself. I want to make sure I'm living soberly. I'm living uprightly. I'm praying. I'm in relationship with God. You know, I, I, we always, I mean, these are the same recommendations we always give, I'll give them again, daily mass, mm-hmm. daily rosary, daily scripture. Um, daily adoration, these are things that need to be a part of your DNA, your Catholic DNA, a part of your your life as a Catholic, um, and to whatever capacity you can in your state in life, um, to enter into this preparedness that says today might be the day, and I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. And so for this season of Advent in particular, from now until Christmas, from the start of the first Advent to Christmas, every day we should be giving up and fasting in one way or another to prepare ourselves to say today might be the day. <clears throat> no, I'm into that. That's that would be so beautiful if today was the day. Yeah, if today, it, like um, to live your life with that sort of expectation and, and that kind of hope. Um, I, I hope today is the day for you if you're listening and um, and the tears have piled up. Um, I just you, my heart is moved right now. I'm 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 ready to hope and believe in, in great things in God <laughs> right now. And um, but I, I do want to touch. I, I do want to touch on what you were talking about, Brother Elijah. Your question to us about you know how do we prepare and, and Anna is this prophetess um, and and this prophet is the one who is, is not someone who's, who necessarily tells the future uh, but someone who who speaks uh, on behalf of God um, who has heard from God and then can speak a word to God's people um, and that Simeon also is this man whom God has spoken to God has made this promise to God has spoken spoken to these individuals um, and and I just want to say that that that's not that's not just for the the holy and the righteous man Simeon or the prophetess Anna, um, that that God wants to speak to you, um, that that what we are preparing for is the coming of the Word, um, that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, um, that that God speaks his word, who is the Son. Um, and, and if God is speaking a word, to, to speak um, implies that there is someone who is going to receive the word and then someone who is then going to, to speak back. Um, that, 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 that there, uh, it implies a relationship, um, that, that the Father wants to speak to you. Um, and, that, and that I think so t- often in our prayer, we get so caught up in all the words that we are saying to God. Um, all of our prayers and all of our petitions, all of our spiritual reading, reading the scriptures, um, or and, and then we have to just, just to take a step back during this event season, became that 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 this is a personal God, um, that who God who speaks and wants to speak to me personally, who has something to say to me um, about my lived experience, about my lived reality, who wants to speak to that. Whether it is through the reading of the scriptures, you're not just reading it for information, not just reading it to get to the story, but um, but to have the scriptures speak to you, or something in the liturgy 
um, speak to you. And that, and that is God speaking. Um, and then to to receive that word. Um, and so we so like you were saying, brother, we need there's something about this Advent season that is that is silent. Um, our our days are getting shorter. Um, the, the, the days are, are, are darker. Um, and there's just something about that that creates a stillness. If you're in a cold weather climate, there's something about just snow that creates stillness in the land um, that's so beautiful and peaceful. Um, and, and so we need to enter into that silence to then hear God speak um, because God does want to speak. Um, and he does speak not just to Simeon and to Anna, but, but to all of us. I think, um, you know, one of the privileges of being Catholic is we get to, in a sense, relive this thing every year, mm. you know, through the liturgical calendar. Um, and I think that there's so much wisdom in that because we need it every year, you know, uh, whether it's uh, this season or it's Lent and then Easter. Um, but I think in a special way, just with everything that's been going on the last year or two, um, and I think that there's been a lot of people in, in isolation and, you know, maybe feeling cut off or just living, living fearfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think ironically that maybe we can almost get a, a better idea of what it might've been like for those, you know, devout Jewish people who were awaiting the Messiah, um, and some of the, the things that they were dealing with, um, but I think, you know, when, when we were reading this scripture and it says that Simeon's awaiting the, the consolation of Israel, mm-hmm. um, that it, it wasn't just, you know, a personal devotion for Simeon and Anna, that they were just going to be receiving the Messiah and it was right. great, but it was all Israel and in, all, in reality, all the whole world. Um, and so I'm wondering, you know, how can we kind of anticipate again, um, in this Advent season and, and what we're what we're preparing ourselves for, how can we bring this or make it so that this Advent um, kind of helps us to gain better perspective, you know, on everything going on in the world, everything going on in our lives. Uh, and fathers, you you were you know talking about that again. You know, maybe this is the this is the Advent. This is the day that you know one person's going to have those prayers answered or those those inner cries from their heart. Um, but how do we remember, you know, that it's not just something that we're privately celebrating as, as a Catholic or even as the Catholic church, but Jesus is coming for the whole world, Mm -hmm. right? He's coming for, for the salvation and redemption of the world and, and ultimately to to be king of of everything that that's happening in the world. Yeah. Well, I think to, to talk to your first point of, there's a lot of people who this is a hard time for. We've lost people over the past year. I find Anna really inspirational. Um, she, she had been married um, as a virgin. And so, as we know, at that time frame, probably 15 to 17, right around that age uh, is when she's married. So we're talking 22 to 24 years old um, is when her husband dies. It says seven years after she was married, her husband dies. And then it says until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. Um, that for about 60 years, probably over 60 years, this woman has been fasting and praying and going to the temple. That, that her response to the tragedy, her response to the difficulty, her response to the loss of her husband was worship and prayer and fasting. Her response was going to the temple every day. Uh, her response was a focus on God. That in the midst of, uh, of all the 
distress and the sorrow, um, we have two options. We can turn in on ourselves, and from that we usually turn to bad behavior uh, of one way or another, or we can turn to the Lord. And, and so I think Advent is, uh, the church is a sign, you know, uh, to the whole world to turn to God. That when we don't turn to God, we lose hope. We don't turn to God, we, we lose meaning and purpose in our lives. But when we do turn to God, um, that, that we're somehow inspired, this woman's inspired for 60 years mm-hmm. to fast and to pray each and every day. Talk about the inspiration of Simeon, the inspiration of Anna, like, like just to persevere in that every single day. That, that I think the church as a whole is called to respond to this call, this Advent call of, of coming to the Lord by, by, by saying, okay, well, I'm, then if this is the call of the Lord, then it's a call for the sake of the world. It's a call to witness to the world because there are a lot of people who don't know Christ. There's a lot of people who don't know God. There's a lot of people who don't know the beauty of the Catholic Church. And I will be their encounter with the Catholic Church. I will be their witness to Jesus Christ. Um, and I might be their only witness to Jesus Christ or maybe their only good one. Um, and so what, what witness am I giving? Am I giving the witness of Anna you know, or Simeon that says, I'm prepared, I'm ready? Or am I giving a witness of someone who lives in the world and is of the world? which is not a witness to the love of Christ. I think we can put, we can make Simeon's prayer our own. We can put his words into our heart and on our lips. Um, and we can say, we who, we who are Catholics, um, who are doing our best to follow the Lord with all of our imperfections and falls and failings, um, but, but we can rightly say that um, my eyes have seen your salvation. Um, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, um, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles. Um, that the you and I brothers and, and you and I brothers and sisters who are listening to this, that, that we have seen the salvation of the Lord, um, that we have received, we've been baptized, um, we've, we, we go to Mass, um, perhaps we go to Eucharistic Adoration, um, and we see Christ and, and we know Christ. Um, and that he is for all peoples, um, and he is a light um, in, in this darkness. And, and, and as dark as our time might be, um, that the light shines all the brighter. Um, and that's the, that's the beauty of Christmas. That's the beauty of what we're preparing ourselves for, is for the coming of the light of the, the world into the world. Um, and that has already happened historically, but, um, but the light needs to shine through more and more and more and more. And so we, we can just be the light for people. We can introduce people to Jesus, um, that, that of ourselves, that um, when we're focused on, on the worldly things that you're talking about, that we, just, we become darkness. You know, we, our light doesn't shine. And so um, we just have to live our, our lives with this really radical faith that, that, that Christ is the only light. Um, science and technology and politics and entertainment and, and all of these things that, that take up our time do not bring consolation to God's people, um, do not bring light into their world, um, that really only Christ can do that. And, and, if, and if they do it in any way, it's because they, they share in Christ's light in some way. And so, um, so we just make Simeon's prayer our own. We just recognize that, that, that no matter what our situation is, that we have seen the salvation of God. We know the cross of Christ, and we know how this story ends, um, and so we can share that with people. Amen. So we we ask the Lord to to continue to prepare our hearts this Advent that we may be disposed for all that He has for us during this season. Um, 
that we might be like the prophet Simeon and the prophetess Anna. Well, fathers. Well, brother Elijah. Well, well, well. That time has come. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about music. Yeah. I already, I mean, it's a musical, it's a musical time Boom. of year. Done. I mean, talk about <laughs> disposing yourself as a prophet. Father Anthony yeah. anticipated my question. <laughs> and I feel totally just like the winds have been like let out of my sails. Yeah. But I'm going to ask you anyway. Of course. Like, I'll do song. I'll, I'll help out. Yeah. yeah so, so what fathers yes. is your favorite? And maybe this is a hard question for you. Mm-hmm. You know? It always is. I mean, it's a hard question for me to ask. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite Christmas song? Wow. That's. Uh, it's, uh, so I'm going to have to say it just, you know, top of the head, because that's three that are up there, but Josh Groban's Oh Holy Night. Ooh. He's just out of the park. It, it's, I mean, it's one of those, like, you first time I heard it. I, I mean, I'd heard Oh Holy Night my whole life, and then I hear Josh Groban sing, and it just, like, tears to the eyes. Like, just, I think he's, the emotion's in it. It's such a beautiful song anyway. And he just out of the park home run. I could listen to it over and over and over again for Christmas. So I'm gonna have to say, even though uh, his his Noel is a very good album, it's up near the top. Not as good as Harry Belafonte's Christmas album, but best song goes to Josh Groban, "A Holy Night." So I only get one, huh? I can't let you get one. You're okay, one and done. Well, I, I, I'm gonna go with this. Might be a surprise to some people who know me, but. Uh... I think I think my favorite Christmas song, like right now in this moment, it probably changed tomorrow. Um, but is a, a Silent Night. I love yeah. Silent Night. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It just captures all of it. Uh, the the words are are so so good. It's so peaceful. Um, just Silent Night is just kind of captures Christmas for me. I'm. I've I've put myself in a corner with one question. <laughs> um, so, but the, the, um, I think I also, I think Oh Holy Night is probably also my favorite mm-hmm. Christmas song. Mm-hmm. I just love the, I just love the fall on your knees. Yes. Yeah, that part is just, yeah. It just gets you, you know. Yeah. Nothing like Christmas. No, there's not. There's not. So, after you listen to us, listen to some Christmas music. Yeah, I agree. It's time. You know, I've been, I, I've been holding back. Because when they started it like four weeks ago, I'm like, no, I'm not going to turn on the Christmas songs on the radio yet. But now it's officially time. Although it's not Christmas, it's the Christmas season. And I think it's a good way to prepare. Listen to some Christmas music. Amen. So, Father Peter Teresa, if you would be so kind as to close this out in a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, I just ask that your blessing, uh, your Holy Spirit, would, would fall down upon all who are listening, just as it fell upon uh, Simeon and, and Anna, uh, to prepare our hearts, Lord. For the coming of of your Messiah at Christmas, uh, for his coming every day in our lives, especially uh, through the Most Holy uh, Eucharist, uh, Lord, especially for his uh, and also his his second coming, that our hearts would be ready, um, that we would be uh, we'd be awake and alert, um, that we might receive you uh, with joy this season. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire Podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith. That's becomefire.faith. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.